Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Do you feel like small talk is a bit of a struggle at the moment, now that we're nearly two years into a pandemic? I think that small talk has become harder in the last couple of years. I don't feel like it's a struggle, maybe a little stilted. Frankly, no one's done anything for the last two years, so there's nothing to talk about. For many of us who haven't had that daily interaction with other humans for long periods of time, with our conversations taken virtual instead of IRL, our ability to think quickly, react to a comment, or even just have the energy to engage might be affected. Today, we look at whether the pandemic has killed off the art of small talk and how we get back to a good chat. Last week, the Mamma Mia podcast team had their Christmas lunch. I've been working remotely for more than 20 months now. And while I was super excited to see the people I'd left behind in the office in March last year and meet several new colleagues who've been nothing more than floating heads on my laptop screen up to this point, there was a small part of me that knew I would be really exhausted by the interaction. And I found myself trying to talk myself out of going. Now for me, an extrovert, this is pretty weird. I'm curious by nature and will often ask people sometimes too many questions about themselves when I first meet them. Small talk has been my forte forever, but after spending long stretches of time speaking to absolutely no one, I'm wondering if my ability to be the chatty person I was pre-pandemic is still possible. When we asked how you're dealing with it, some people said they're struggling to find topics of conversation. I haven't done anything worth really discussing, just having endless Zoom meetings and endless Zoom chats with friends and family. And even though now it's a bit more relaxed, a lot of things are still cancelled or called off, especially at the last minute. And it just makes it really difficult because there's just not much to say. We've all been living in this shared existential crisis of fear about what might or might not happen. Others feel like we're over small talk because we've faced some pretty heavy stuff, so we're bypassing the chit-chat and moving on to bigger things. All those conversations we used to have at the hairdressers or the beauticians about where we were going or had just been on holiday have kind of stopped because we haven't been doing or going anywhere much at all. For me personally, I feel like the polite chit-chat has sort of fallen away and that the veneer has dropped in some ways around small talk. I feel more inclined to overshare, if anything, these days. You know, it's less about what I've been doing and more about how I've been feeling, all the uncertainty and feeling a bit flat, not being able to see my family, etc. I think that that has become quite standard for a lot of people, not just me, in 2021. And then there's those who feel like a cork's been put in their bottle for so long, they're ready to explode. I'm a bit desperate for small talk. I can imagine it's pretty tricky for introverts and people who don't 
generally like small talk, but I feel free now lockdown is over. I could jibber-jabber till the cows come home. I can't guarantee the quality, but I think it's getting better the longer I'm out of lockdown. Of course, humans have been pulling away from communicating face-to-face with each other for a while now, not just during the last couple of COVID-impacted years. Gen Zs are renowned for almost coming out of the womb clutching their smartphones, being really open about being phone conversation adverse, preferring to communicate in messages. But there's something about returning to a world where we stop for a chinwag and talk about everything and nothing, especially when that everything might lead to you finding out that the person you're speaking to is a conspiracy theorist or that you may sit on opposing sides of a vaccine debate. It's a bit of a minefield. How many of our communication skills are also based on reactions to facial expressions and body language? How much of it requires being tactile and actually touching another person? A friend of mine who's just had a baby said she's really worried about how her tiny human is going to develop when so much of their cues are through responding to facial expressions, but everyone's faces are covered by masks when they go out. Chatting in the queue is now overridden by 1.5 metres of social distancing, And a conversation at the bus stop is separated by circles with feet on them telling us where we can and can't stand. So how do we get it back, the small talk ability? Well, first, let's find out why we need it in the first place. Elizabeth Shaw is CEO of Relationships Australia New South Wales and has worked for over 25 years as a clinical and counselling psychologist with extensive experience in relationship services. Elizabeth, why do we need small talk? What are we achieving with all these little interactions with other humans? Well, small talk is remarkably powerful because it can make us feel really recognised in the world. You know, when you see the same people at the bus stop and you you even smile or say good morning, you acknowledge that you're standing there in a shared experience. Or when you go to your local coffee shop and they know your order straight away or they might know your name, there's something about being recognised and sort of validated around your existence, but sometimes even just saying, oh, terrible weather, isn't it? It's actually validating, you know, my reality makes sense and your reality makes sense. So there's a lot which is about actually building mini bridges around our existence, but also making us feel like we actually matter in the world and that we exist in community and in connection with others. Why is it that some people are really comfortable with small talk, but other people, it's like the worst thing in the world? Look, I think it's different moments of small talk. I think if you go to, you know, an event and you walk into a room of strangers and you've got to make a connection, then there's a shyness thing that can happen. There can also be a real sort of vacuousness in the initial sort of opening lines that can be really clunky until you find your feet. There is something about that and that sense of obligation, I've got to last at this event for half an hour, that can be quite stressful. And I think that can be quite different to, say, that moment at the bus stop or when you're caught in a lift with someone, when you also can make something of it or not. I mean, of course, that means you can choose silence. It also could be an opportunity for something more. But I think small talk for many people, it's not only the awkwardness of it, it's the emptiness of it and the sense that at any minute you could be rejected, you know, if your small talk's not good enough. You know, I think there's actually a lot more riding on it than first appears. Now, a lot of people have been saying that during this pandemic, whether it be because of lockdowns or border closures or other sorts of restrictions like social distancing, et cetera, that they've found 
that they're not as good as small talk as they used to be or they feel like they're not going to be good at it once they do get back out and get practising again? Is it something that you do need to, I don't know, like a muscle you need to flex in order to keep it still functional? Look, I think it really is because it is about confidence and it is about purpose and intent too and who you want to be in the world. It's sort of grasping all of that. And of course, some people think, oh, well, if I chat to random strangers, I look needy or desperate and start to attribute negative things to it. But, you know, I think in the last few months, we've heard over and over again that we have to learn to exist without others. So we've learned to sort of turn within and, you know, that's been quite rich for some people people and it's been very, very isolating and lonely for others. So I think the importance of getting out and about and also letting yourself have the pleasure that comes from those momentary interactions. So for example, if you're out dog walking and you just decide, I'm going to say good morning to everyone I pass or more deliberately nod or acknowledge people and see what happens. Do it as a bit of an experiment. And what you'll find is that If you speak up, other people will probably sometimes look a bit surprised, but they're compelled to reply if it's a positive interaction. And as you smile and they smile back, just to savour the pleasure that comes from that little moment, because it also shows leadership. If you do it, then other people remember, oh yeah, you know, I could be saying something. Actually, I had an example myself where I rode silently up in a lift recently with someone, as you do, and as that person got out of the lift, they said, have a nice day, with no context to it, because we hadn't even looked at each other. And it was just a parting moment. But, you know, I thought, that's a lovely thing to leave behind. And I stepped out of the lift and got on with my day feeling quite warmed by that. And I thought, you know, it can be so powerful, the little gesture that you make. You know, you could actually start a chain reaction of something really rather delicious that could fuel somebody else's day as well as your own. You mentioned about, you know, smiling at someone or smiling back. But for a lot of Australians right now, when you're out and about, you're wearing a mask. So we lose a little bit of that facial response and the body language response that we normally would kind of cue into when we are having this small talk. How much of a difference is it that we have had to mask ourselves off? Does that make it more difficult for us? Wearing a mask makes it hugely more difficult and it did lead to quite a lot of studies about what the eyes can tell us. And, you know, the reality is that in terms of facial movements, you have to do a really giant smile for your eyes to register that you're smiling because many of us are self-conscious about smiling and getting laughter lines. But in fact, you have to make quite a lot of facial movement to have any reaction at the top part of your face. So the thing is that, you know, you could do a bit of a half smile or a bit of a smirk or a, you know, a gentle smile that normally could mean a great deal but isn't going to show at all. And and what that demands of us is that we have to put far more into words, which is actually quite a good thing for us to practice that but it can be more difficult for some people. So it may well be that instead of just smiling at someone as you walk past, you might say good morning. And the reason to do that is that you sort of need to decide that you need it too, that it's a gift you offer out into the community. 
but to say, I want to be the sort of person who connects with others and I want to offer that up as a good thing for me and potentially a good thing for others. And as long as you come from a good place and you're doing something which is objectively a small, pleasurable gesture, it really can't go wrong. The worst that could happen is somebody else is so surprised they don't say anything or they're too socially awkward to respond. But it's going to mean a more deliberate act or it could be a wave. And, you know, a wave can be a very different thing. It can be a much more deliberate gesture. But I think those things also make us commit to say, well, what am I really made of here and how far do I want to go? Well, then how do we get our small talk mojo back, Elizabeth, as we head back out into the big wide world? What tips have you got for us to get us started getting back with each other and having these conversations? I really would start with thinking about, well, you know, what have I missed and what do I need and what sort of person do I want to be? And in knowing that we've all been through a tough time, you know, if, for example, you do say to yourself, well, I want to be someone who's connected to others and I want to, you know, show that I'm available and responsive and out there and a kind person, then I think it's once you commit to your own values and your own needs and how you want to be in the world going forward, then from there it can come a bit more easily. So I would then encourage to capitalise on the moments that you might otherwise let pass. So when you do walk to the bus stop, that you do smile at people you're standing next to as a start and say things like, you know, terrible weather, isn't it? Because even though that might feel really silly and not very meaningful, to say something which the other person then might respond to, you acknowledge a shared experience. And there's something, even if you then turn to silence, there's something that you've acknowledged between you, which is, here we are at the bus stop again, and here we are having this shared experience of waiting and of weather, which in itself is a little bit warming. And the next day, you have an easy sort of smile and response. Now, that doesn't have to turn into anything, but I think what it does is it just acknowledges a moment. Try and say something a bit more when your barista says, how are you? Say, how are you back? A lot of people just receive that as part of service. But I think being more deliberate in there's a connection been offered and it's one I actually could respond to. I think being more deliberate in our actions and conscious of the opportunity could really stand us in good stead. So it seems we may have a few hurdles to get over as far as getting our small talk chat function back on track. But with a bit of practice and some slight change-ups to deal with masks and social distancing, we should be able to get ourselves back to where we were before COVID was even a thing. Now, go forth and converse with your fellow humans. This episode of The Quickie was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if you're starting to see your Spotify wrapped and we feature in your listening habits in any way, we'd love to see it. Make sure you tag us in your socials so we can share it. Do you know what an outlouder is? An Outlouder is part of a club that starts with three best mates and then extends to thousands of women across the country and even across the world in a supportive group hug. How do you get in on this BFF action? Just listen to Mamma Mia out loud. No, it is not okay to date your friend's ex. I know because I've done it. My was it worth it? serious it boyfriend that I was with from 17 to 20 was my best friend's boyfriend. Oh. And then I dated him for three years. And took me and my best friend two years to get over that shit. Are you still best friends? 
Yes. But How we don't discuss it. it. We do <gasps> not discuss it even now. It was bad form. My friend understandably was furious with me. My heart wanted what it wanted. I was 17 and selfish. I learned a lesson. Jesse Stevens, I learned a lesson. Mm. I would never do it again. Find Mamma Mia out loud in your podcast app three times a week, five if you become an M Plus subscriber. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.